When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I just point to the logo on my chest and tell them, Slammy, hey go, 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 Slammy, hey, hit it up hard, hit it with strike, from the national anthem to the bottom of the night, I'm in, Slammy, hey go, Slammy, hey go, Slammy, hey go, Slammy, Hey, you already know what's up. What's that? Another home run. You know the job ain't done. So we hold that trophy up. Hey. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 458 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. And I also got John Schaefer, a special guest, host of John and Jim, obviously, on San Diego Sports 760. They also just started a new YouTube John and Jim channel as well. They're live streaming their shows. So, you can watch their beautiful faces on hmm. YouTube uh, each and every day. You can see Jim Russell uh, not paying attention to when John is talking <laughs> and forgetting what John says when he said something like five seconds earlier. So that is fun there. Definitely go subscribe there. I will link that uh, in the description to this episode. But yeah, John, thanks so much for joining. And how's it going? Like, how are you doing i know it it obviously has to take a toll on you working with jim every day it does take a toll on me i appreciate you asking my my mental health is is decent um the combination of jim and the way this team has just played all year i mean this is the most um i think it's a frustrating year because it just has there's really been no point where you've been all in with a level of excitement i go back to like a game one victory over the dodgers to get them to 18 and 15 as like a high point, but that's so early in. I mean, it's 33 games in, and from there on out, 
they've been one of the worst teams in baseball. I mean, they're 10, 11 games under 500 since that day. So it's it's been unfortunately frustrating, and hopefully better days are ahead. But I, I think, unfortunately, that's going to be in 2024. Yeah, it, it's certainly been rough, and we'll get into that here in a second. Just real quick, main sponsor of the show, Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Best cheesesteaks in San Diego. They're available at Peco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium, main location on Friars Road. So definitely visit Gaglione Bros uh, if you're out for lunch at some point here uh, the rest of this year. Let's start with what you said last week. I was listening. I think it was on John and Jim. And you were like, okay, this team is done. Season's over. And I think you were one of the more later uh, people to say that. Obviously, Jim was earlier. What made you wait so long? Was it believing that something's going to happen? Or was it just the NL wildcard teams just not performing great and the Padres were in it even though they weren't playing well? Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit of that. I mean, the National League obviously hasn't been as good as the American League. But truth be told, Ben, as you know, I mean, I said that the Padres should have sold off at the trade deadline right. because I just didn't believe in the team. I, I just 100 games is a large sample size. We've seen teams make runs, and I think we'll see it in the future with the three wild cards. You'll see teams in the final 30 or 40 games of a season position themselves. I mean, look at Seattle's um, second half here. It's been impressive in the American League. It's possible. I just didn't find it probable. And I'm just a numbers guy. Now, I understand there's other factors at play. I think if you're A.J. Preller or Peter Seidler, you know, you want to reward a fan base that's been really loyal to you. I, I understand not moving Blake Snell and Josh Hader, even if it's not the right thing for the future of the organization. I get it. There's 40,000 people there every single night. The fan base has been incredibly loyal. And the reason I didn't fully give up hope is just because of the numbers. I mean, they probably had a one in five chance of making the postseason just mathematically as recently as seven days ago. And now... As a math guy, when you see two, three, four percent, again, mathematically it's doable. But at this point, you're talking about stuff that basically doesn't get done. So it's just time to punt. I think they are as well. When you look at the moves, when you look at Joe Musgrove's situation, I don't think he should come back, nor do I think he will. You Darvish, I don't think he will come back, nor do I think he, he should. So I just think the way they're going to treat these last 30 games are with an eye on 2024, not 2023. Yeah. And we're at a point now where you open your wrap up show saying it's still over. Yeah. And you're talking with fans and you're talking with Jim about how a bat was, you know, in one of your minor league yeah. boots. Like right. there's nothing to talk about about these games like the fans. I don't think we really care about uh, what happened with Matt Carpenter and his return to St. Louis. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Did you think it was possible going into the season that on August like 27th or 28th, whenever that day was that the Padres would be tied with the Washington Nationals? in the standings uh, like more than a little more than a year after trading for Juan Soto from them. No, you, you couldn't have envisioned it. I don't think there's anyone that if they're being honest with themselves could have envisioned it. And I think it's a really bad look on the organization, unfortunately. And I would have made that trade a hundred out of a hundred times. You heard me say last year, the, the whoever gets Juan Soto wins the trade. And this is a rare example of getting a hall of fame caliber player in their prime and it not fully paying off. It's not that it hasn't paid off in any form. I mean, a year ago, they were in the National League Championship Series. And you could say, well, it wasn't necessarily because of Juan Soto. I would tell you he did have moments in the postseason that were valuable um, and did play an important role for the Padres, despite the fact of them losing to the Phillies um, in five games in the National League Championship Series. But no, this was unpredictable. Um, completely unpredictable, but that's why we love sports. I mean, sometimes it works out in your favor and other times it does not. But to make a trade like they made and be in the same position as, as the Nationals a year later, 
is an indictment on the organization. And I don't know how they get out from underneath it now. Like, I, you know, I'm an advocate of keeping Juan Soto for 2024 because I think 2024 is another year where you got to position yourself to win, considering this payroll and the players you have in their primes. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know how the organization sees it. I don't know what they're willing to consider when it comes to Juan Soto. He's kind of the one piece, Ben, that creates flexibility for you. These other players with no trade clauses and hard to get out from underneath of. It'll be interesting. Would they consider moving him in the offseason? I wouldn't do it. Would they consider moving him at the deadline? Well, certainly, if they're not in it next year, they would do that. But he's the one player that gives them a little bit of flexibility to kind of change their, their fortunes moving forward, potentially. Yeah, I, I think that they'll consider it because AJ considers everything. Sure. Like, even the most wild things. And we can stay on Juan Soto here. Bob Nightingale wrote in his Sunday notebook, I don't know if you saw this, you know, he buries all of the more the most important stuff in that like 2000 words in uh he was talking about how several gms are predicting that the padres have no choice but to trade soto after their horrific season i I think the padres certainly have a choice here like i don't think that they feel that they're forced to trade juan soto it feels like peter seidler's someone that's like we owe it to the fans to go all in and try for 2024 especially after not working in 2023 and having this big disappointment of a season and Juan Soto is going to help you win ball games in 2024. You may not keep him long term because he's going to want $500 million or there'll be some team that's going to probably want to pay him that. Maybe you don't want to pay him that. But I don't think you make your team worse and give up Juan Soto in the offseason without giving it a try first. And then at the deadline, if things aren't working out, then, yeah, you can move him. Yeah, I mean, he's to your point, there's no way he's forced to move Juan Soto. Now, maybe there's an argument. And again, I, I'm not making it, but is there an argument that you could – be a better team in the absence of Juan Soto. It's, it sounds kind of ridiculous, but when you consider when they traded for him last year at the deadline, it was a team that was well over 500, and they hadn't, you know, but Fernando Tatis Jr. hadn't played. You didn't have Juan Soto at the time. Uh, they were on track to make the postseason and then have a run. So, like, you know, that's the weird thing about baseball. It's like you get so – we get so um, – you spend so much time thinking about the stars. You know, you, you hear Shohei Otani is a star. Mike Trout's a star. But it, it's such a team game. And it's as much about your middle relief and as much about your bench or as much about who bats 7th, 8th, and ninth as it is who bats 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. So can you make yourself a better team in the absence of Juan Soto? I'm sure there's a path to do that. I don't know if A.J. Preller can because he hasn't always navigated these situations well. Is there a GM in baseball that could turn Juan Soto and create a 26-man roster? Um, that's better suited for 2024, potentially. But the way I look at it is like you gave up a lot of your future. This guy's 25 years of age next year. He falls out of bed at roughly a 900 OPS, which means he helps you win. Um, so I would, I'm running it back at least with Juan Soto and seeing where I am in the middle of next year. And yeah, I'm not getting the same thing as a rental, obviously, as I would in the offseason, but you're in the business of winning games for, for the Padres right now. So I'm willing to take that, that risk. Yeah, I agree. Moving to Jake Cronenworth, obviously this year has been a really disappointing season, and I'm as big of a Jake Cronenworth fan as pretty much anyone, and I love that he plays every day. He, I think he's one of the, the leaders in that clubhouse, maybe not a big voice, but someone that can lead by example, but there's no doubt that next year he has to be better. Do you think that he'll be able to turn it around, and how do you see this infield working out next year? Do you think they'll go to Bogarts that early in his contract and be like, yeah, it's probably best for you to move to another position. I see that as they wait to see what happens with Hassan Kim, because what's the point 
in having Bogarts move if you're just going to bring back Ha Sung Kim. If you don't bring back Ha Sung Kim, then you're just going to move Bogarts back to shortstop, or you're going to put Merrill there. Like, there's a lot there. So I know I asked a couple questions there, but give your best shot at that. Well, you know what? I, I think it's a good question because we had Kyle Glazer, Baseball America, on a couple of days ago, and I completely agree with this. It, players are out of position. You know, Jake Cronenworth doesn't have the same value at first base that he has at second base because his offensive numbers don't support him being a first baseman. And here's the thing. If you looked at his future war in something like Fangraphs from someone like Dan Zimborski, it's only going down. Jake Cronenworth is not a young player. He's in the second half of his career. There's no reasons to believe that his numbers, career numbers will improve. Now, he can improve off 2023, but an improved 2024 you know, without a real jump isn't probably enough to warrant him playing first base every single day in the major leagues. So I think they have a bit of a problem. I think they have guys out of position because of the Bogarts signing. They didn't need to add a shortstop to the roster considering they had one of the best in the game in Hassan Kim. They had a very good second baseman in Jake Cronenworth, and they probably should have saw first base in another manner. But, you know, I you've heard me say it before, I think they just got cute. And by moving, you know, guys around in the infield, it's almost made your, your infield worse. So I, I don't know what they're going to do with Cronenworth. Obviously, he's here through his mid-30s or potentially here. His contract has him here through his mid-30s. I just don't see how you su- support that deal with him playing first base. I think it makes a lot more sense for him to be playing second base. But you got a log jam in the middle of your infield, and that's fully created by A.J. Preller. So do you see this same thing happening next year where they have Cronenworth play first base? because? Or do they move Bogarts or what happens with Kim? Because I think it's with like Soto for 2024, you have Kim under control through next year. I don't see them trading him. He's their best player this year. He helps you win ball games. So it's just interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how they configure that infield. Yeah, it will. I mean, I, I think there are probably some like tough decisions to be made this offseason, despite the fact that there's only so much you can do considering some of these contracts. But I even said yesterday, I think, on John and Jim, I think something is going to happen to change the core of this roster in some way just because you kind of have to based on what has happened in 2023. I don't think it's going to be easy necessarily to do it. You may have to eat some money to do it, but I don't know about the whole run it back. You know, hey, everyone comes back and we're going to be better off in 2024, and here's why. And maybe that involves something like a Juan Soto trade in the offseason, like Bob Nightingale is writing about maybe it doesn't um so i i can't forecast it it's a good point that's why they're getting paid to make these decisions and i'm not necessarily but i'd be surprised if you looked at the padres in 2024 and the entirety of the core returned as crazy as that sounds i'm not just saying the core four saying take seven eight nine pieces and something's going to change here and obviously we know hater and snell um in all likelihood won't be back um so that we already know going in but i, I just feel like Based on what's happened here, assuming A.J. Preller is back, we'll see on Bob Melvin, but changing a manager doesn't change the end result for the 2024 Padres. And if you if you you know read sabermetric sites and you listen to those that cover the sport and you watch this team like we've watched, there's no real great reason to think, well, hey, it's just 2024. And I've said it. I think they'll be better in 2024. It's hard to go 6-20 and 20 in one-run games, but I don't see it as a World Series contender just by running it back, even if they are better next year. Yeah, it's hard for me to say that, especially right now that we're in this season still. But I think it's important to point out who is a part of this core. Because you mentioned the core. Who is it? I know we're not just talking about the big four, but who is in that core 
where that move could be made in the offseason. So we got well, Manny. We yeah. have Xander Bogarts. You have Fernando Tatis Jr. Those guys aren't going anywhere. Jake Cronenworth, I don't think he would go somewhere. Musgrove's not going anywhere. Darvish isn't going to go anywhere. So, like, who is who's going to go here? Well, I would. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, okay, I, I think you have anyone that's here for like five year deal, right? From Suarez to Cronenworth, no matter the dollar amount, you, you probably have. We'd have to look it up. What eight or nine players that are committed to for five plus years? Like if you, the Musgroves, the Darvishes, the Suarezes, right? You probably have eight or nine players. That's where it goes back to Bob Nightingale's point. Where do you actually have flexibility to potentially improve your major league roster? And is it by moving Juan Soto? As crazy as it sounds, he's the one piece that gives you a little bit of flexibility. He's not under contract for 10 years. You don't owe him $400 million, right? He would command a return that could benefit you, not just in your system, but potentially guys that are major league ready would come back for a Juan Soto. And again, I don't know, but I do know this. Change is coming, and I don't know how they're going to do it, but change is coming, whether it is to the general manager. I find that unlikely. In the manager's seat, I find it more likely than unlikely. I think there'll be real change to this roster, as hard as that may be to envision. They're going to have to get creative in some form or fashion. They see the writing like we see the writing. If you looked at war projections for 2024, they're worse than the Padres in 2023, unfortunately. Now, these guys have underperformed, but even if they perform, those war projections are coming down. This, this is not going to be a young team. Um, when you look at Machado and Bogarts, specifically Darvish, Musgrove, I mean, th this is not a young core. So, unfortunately, without creativity, without forward thinking, without real change, you know, history might be bound to re repeat itself, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, I just keep having this question in my head throughout the day and throughout the, probably the rest of this season, obviously, because the season's over, like how does AJ Preller fix this roster? Yep. Because is it one of those moves that you talk about? Is it trading someone like Juan Soto? Is it, does he think that the fixing of the roster is just by switching out the manager again, the DH spot? Do you get rid of Trent Grisham or have him be a bench guy and just be like, okay, that experiment's done. We're going to bring in, a corner outfielder that can hit better. Like, what is the change here? Starting rotation. Who is going to come back? Who are going to be the new additions? How is this team fixed? I think a lot of it isn't really on the moves that AJ makes. It's the players already on the roster finding a way to be better. Maybe some of the changes are things that aren't going to be talked about very much because maybe we, we won't know a ton about them. Maybe it's hiring more people in the front office. Uh, the player development and the advanced scouting, there's stuff out about that. Like, are those some of the changes that is going to happen? I'm very curious to see what happens uh, for sure in this offseason. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I think every Padres fan is. And unfortunately, it's hard to have a ton of faith considering... You know, the track record here, you've heard Jim talk about it. Jim's been way more critical of AJ Preller. I mean, I, I think the criticism is fair. I'll wait till the end of the season, you know, and, and you got to be honest with yourself. I mean, the last time we heard from the owner of the team, the owner, he was very positive on his general manager. So if that's the position of the organization, you have to assume that you're not going to have a 180 change. Is it possible? Of course, it's sports. Things do change. You're in the corner of players and coaches until you're not an executive. So could something change? But from AJ's excellence to a 180 three months later, to me, would be very surprising. Um, it's not to say AJ Preller's incapable. I, I think there, there's a possibility. There has been a level of success. I think most people watching this would say he's been a failure. What are you talking about, John? They were in the National League Championship Series in 2022. I get it. Nobody wants to hear about it now with this team you know, mired in a miserable season in 2023 and I've said this and you've heard me say it repeatedly I don't think it's a great job right now because of the position that AJ Preller and Peter Seidler have potentially put this franchise in with all the you know um, with all these long-term moves and with all the payroll that's um, coming in 2024 and 2025 and beyond so I think just because you change GM doesn't mean you're going to have a better 2024 season I don't know about 2025 and beyond same thing with manager I mean I, I don't think it's the world's best job when you consider they've run through three managers in the last five years. So the off season will be fascinating. And I don't know if all of a sudden we're going to feel amazing heading into 2024. We'll probably be cautious, maybe cautiously optimistic considering they still will have stars, but we'll probably have learned our lesson from 2023. And no matter what they do, I don't think we go into the season saying, Hey, this is a world series team. I think people will be cautiously optimistic potentially based on what they do. For sure. Do you think there's a chance that Peter Seidler has changed his tune from AJ's excellence? Maybe instead of saying AJ's excellence, maybe saying, hmm. I think AJ's the right guy still, but not going that far. Like, what has happened since that? Right? He said that in Cincinnati, yeah. and the trade deadline happened where you decided to not trade Blake Snell, didn't trade Josh Hader, and you come and acquire G-Man Choi, who got zero hits with the Padres. Hmm. Eric Cooper, okay, but they're already out of it when he's having his best game as a Padre last night. 
Rich Hill, we know what he has done. Yep. Like, there's there have been some negative things that have happened since then. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of on your side. I just don't see how you go from AJ's excellence to thinking that okay, he's not the right guy, and we got to move on. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, listen, AJ Preller told Marty Caswell, you know, two years ago in August that Jace Tingler was a ten-year manager of the Padres, and six weeks later he, he was relieved of his duties. Things do change. It wouldn't be unprecedented. Nick Saban said, "I'm the coach of the Miami Dolphins," until he wasn't. You know, so. It, listen, it would take a lot of um, egg on your face, but it's probably the right thing to do. I don't think he comes out as glowingly on Preller, e- even assuming he stays. I think he's going to say, I believe he's the right person for the job right now, and he's going to be our general manager in 2024. I think that's a possibility, although I think we'd all be surprised if he was let go of his duties. Is it impossible? Of course it's not. We're human beings. Hum- humans have a right to change their minds. He could absolutely change his positioning on this subject. What's interesting is he always talks about, you know, the sustainability and not making moves, you know, in, you know, without thinking them through yet. They've had changes to the coaching staff. They've had changes at the manager position. They've had wild off seasons. They've had crazy trade deadlines, but the stability has been with the general manager. So, at some point, that's going to end. I mean, A.J. Preller is going to only have so many chances. Many would argue he's had too many. Um, obviously, if 2024 didn't work out, Ben, at that point, there's no way he could be back yeah. in 2025. But maybe he's given 2024 because of this loyalty from Peter Seidler. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting. And these are a lot of the topics that John and Jim are going to be talking about, for sure, on San Diego Sports 760. Again, they have that new YouTube channel where you can watch that show live. Go check it out there. Again, the link, I'll leave it in the description there for you to subscribe to their new channel. All right, talked about the Padres. And for anyone that is new to this show or you're a John Schaefer fan and you're just coming over and seeing this, uh, at the end of my shows now, I like to hit on some other San Diego sports topics uh, when it is necessary. And San Diego State football, they obviously had their first game last weekend and they got the win over Ohio. Jalen Maiden and Ryan Lindley. Uh, their first day as a pairing quarterback, offensive coordinator. What was, was your like main takeaway from the Aztecs win? Um, and for me, coming away from that game, like I like the offense in some spots of the game, obviously. Uh, but for me, I'm waiting till the stretch, obviously, of UCLA, Oregon State, Boise State, Air Force. Yep. I'm waiting for that. And then it's like, okay, we'll have a better, a better idea of, who this Aztecs team is going to be this season. Look at it this way. The only way they were going to have a good year was by beating Ohio because of the mountain you just mentioned. There there Mm -hmm. was no lose to Ohio and then win three out of four against UCLA, Oregon State, Boise State Air Force. That's not realistic in all likelihood. By beating Ohio, I think you've at least put yourself in position, Ben, where you could – you could get to three and three. I think some people would, would, would say, hey, there's a, there's a path here to four and two. Can you beat UCLA at home? Could you beat Boise State at home and or win at Air Force? And even at three and three, when you look at the second half schedule, there's absolutely a scenario where they could win five of those six games, if not more. For sure. If they're playing good football, it's at least a possibility. So I thought it all hinged on Ohio, as crazy as that sounds. It's really crazy. And you heard me say it in the week leading up. I'm like, this is a huge game for San Diego State. I don't care how they win it. They just have to win the game. And now you look ahead, you're like, you got a really good chance, obviously, to be 2-0 into UCLA at home. I think there'll be a lot of anticipation and excitement for that game. 
I think the Aztecs will be an underdog, assuming UCLA beats Coastal Carolina this week in the Rose Bowl. But you'll have an opportunity to potentially get to 3-0. You beat UCLA a few years ago, and the Aztecs have had a lot of success, as we know, against Pac-12 teams. So I'm excited about the possibilities. I think they got a chance to be as balanced as they've been. Everyone knows about their defense. Their defense keeps them in most games they play. I think offensively, there's a lot of room for growth. It was never going to be a day one. Hey, they score 50 points. They have all the weaponry. Everything is going to be um, well-oiled from day one. You have a new offensive coordinator. Um, you have pieces that are new. You're replacing good receivers, right? But you do have your quarterback back. So I think there's room for growth. I think the offense will be improved. I think we saw it, to your point, uh, in flashes on Saturday. And using the term of cautiously optimistic, I'm cautiously optimistic the offense is going to be improved here for the Aztecs in 2023. But I'm excited. I think coming off that win against Ohio, it gives the Aztecs at least a chance to put themselves in a position where they'll be one of the better teams in the Mountain West. Again, I thought if they lost to Ohio, even though it was the first game of the season, it was just a tough hill to climb. Yeah, for sure. And you, you talk about the, the second half of the schedule here, obviously, once they get over that you know yep. tough, uh, what, four, five-week stretch there. Second half, Nevada and Utah State, Colorado State, San Jose State, uh, Fresno State. That might be mm-hmm. a tough couple last games, but they'll be way more comfortable with each other and Lindley and Maiden. Like they'll know what's going on there. So that could help uh, at the end of the season. Last question here, and this is more about like just San Diego sports in general, Snapdragon Stadium. I know you did this on your Aztecs wrap up show channel, uh, I think a couple months back. Just about like what events you want to see come to San Diego. This question came back into my head, obviously, because the U.S. Women's National Team mm-hmm. is going to be coming and facing Columbia in a friendly, which I'm super pumped up about uh, at the end of October. Um, right in, it sucks that it's right in the middle of the NWSL playoffs, but it's still going to be a great event. U.S. Men's National Team has been here. I know it was their B squad, but it was still a good event. And the, obviously, the soccer matches that were here over the summer. What other events um, are on your mind that you want to see come to San Diego? I actually have a list. Okay. Because <laughs> like you said, I, I, I think I, I did a show on it. Like you said, yeah. I'm on an Aztec channel. I think you can dream big. I mean, it's San Diego, so you can use it all year. And I think there's a lot of possibilities. I think bowl games are a possibility. I think neutral site football is a possibility, whether it's NFL preseason or something like Notre Dame Navy, which was here at the mm-hmm. queue maybe five or six years ago. And I think they sold that game out. If they didn't, there were 60,000 plus, something like 60,000 people at that game. Now, you might say this venue it, you know, isn't large enough, um, but I think you could do neutral site. I think you could do something of, of significance. I think you could have Navy play a football game here. Um, I've talked about the possibility of Army-Navy. I find that to be unlikely. It was mm-hmm. played in the Rose Bowl one time. I forget the year, but it was played in the Rose Bowl. It's always been played. In the East, um, I have Olympic soccer on my list in yeah. 2028 because Olympic soccer will not just be in Los Angeles. It'll be in the state of California. Um, let me see. What else do I have here? I have a lacrosse Final Four Division One, which is a huge event out East. It might be hard to get the event in the West because it's usually drivable in like that Baltimore, Philly, New York region because most of the Division One lacrosse programs are in the Mid-Atlantic. The World Cup, I th- the Rugby yep. World Cup, could absolutely okay. be played here in the future. NHL Stadium Series, potentially X Games. College football playoff is a possibility with an expanded playoff if San Diego State can get into it, whether mm-hmm. they're in the Power Five or the Group of Five. 
And then I joked about an outdoor basketball game. Don't do it. Not with San Diego State. Maybe with someone else. Maybe an NBA preseason game or something like that. But I think there's, I think they did a, an amazing job in the first year of getting events. It still hasn't even been a year since the Arizona game. That was what, September 2nd or September 3rd? Yeah, so September coming, 3rd, yeah. September 3rd. So we're coming up on one year from monster trucks to dirt shows to um, lacrosse concerts, football, U.S. men's national team, right? Um, World Cup, right? Men's World Cup is going to be. Yeah, I mean, wave, MLS is coming. I mean, it's like, what more could you really ask And WSL championship game is in November. That's going to, I think, probably the biggest event at Snapdragon so far. Is that right? Yeah. Because it's the championship game. Yeah, so I think they've done an amazing job. I really do, and I'm excited for the future because it's San Diego, and I feel like you can get events year-round, and I think they're really motivated to use the the venue as much as possible. So um, I think the sky's the limit in terms of what's going to come there in, in 2024 and beyond. Yeah, for sure. Props to J.D. Wicker, and he's obviously dealing with a lot, uh, yeah. but they've gotten a lot done in this first year. All right, Talking Friars episode 458. That was fun with John Schaefer. Thank you, everyone, for listening, watching. Go subscribe again to John and Jim, their new YouTube channel. They've got the Padres wrap-up show as well. Probably going to be talking about some weird topics after games, I would imagine, the rest of this season, <laughs> because there's not a whole lot to talk about when it comes to the singular games don't know if Padre fans care too much about that uh but John Schaefer he's great Jim not so much uh but agreed thank you so much for the time John I appreciate it thanks Ben I appreciate it thanks guys